Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. I want to chat about this story. It's in the Irish Times today. Social media and mental health, the glorification of illness is becoming a real problem. And basically it reads that, you know, yes, there's been attempts to challenge the stigma around mental health over the past two decades in people sharing their experiences and the media and online social media platforms have provided a really necessary outlet for people to voice their concerns, to share their stories. However, it also says that they've complicated the most intricate of conditions in not only amplifying and also misrepresenting mental health issues, but often just making it appear trendy as well. And Jason O'Callaghan is a psychologist. He's with me here on Lunchtime Live today. How big of a problem, Jason, is this? Well, this goes this is the equivalent of the medical version of Dr. Google, where people are Googling their own symptoms for physical problems. Now we're having an epidemic of influencers and social media people looking for clickbait by talking about mental health issues, for which, in most accounts, they have no experience and no qualifications to talk about. And nearly every part of it is wrong. So there, so there, people are diagnosing it's self diagnosis from watching, yeah, TikTok, yeah. maybe a TikTok video or Instagram. yeah, somebody who has been clinically diagnosed with a condition, and you're listening to them talking to their stories on Instagram, and you're thinking, oh, I do that, or I have this, or well, most of them haven't even been diagnosed. They're they're self diagnosing themselves. You have to understand that that even within the in in Ireland especially, there is no. Uh, qualification. Uh, there's no there's no red tape around calling yourself any type of therapist. Uh, anyone bar calling yourself a clinical psychologist, uh, maybe counselling psychologist, they're protected terms. But most, you know, some people can do a you know, Groupon counselling course and then call themselves a counsellor and go onto TikTok and start giving advice, mostly to get clickbait. They're not actually giving, they're not, because most advice is kind of boring. So they have to make it exciting by coming up with these crazy ideas and these more or less mental health conspiracy theories that if you have this symptom and this symptom and this symptom, you've got this diagnosis. But in most cases, it's far more complicated than that. And one that that medical experts like psychiatrists or clinical psychologists would have to diagnose, not a a TikTok. And then people get a label and then they have um, more issues with that because now they think they've got some type of condition which they may not even have. So it's glamorising mental health issues. Exactly. It's It's clickbait and it's there's also a herd mentality uh, that if someone clicks and says, you know, have you noticed that if you're feeling more anxious and you can't sleep and you're not eating as much as you can, uh, that you probably have chronic anxiety. And then people start going, oh, that sounds like me and that sounds like me. And I remember from doing my degree and master's degree in psychology that when you come across these subjects, even in the class, a lot of it's generalized. So you kind of go, oh, that sounds like maybe I've got this disorder myself because a lot of the stuff you know, are, are pretty common. Are you sleeping less? We can all say, it's a bit like a psychic in a way. You know, a psychic will say, is there someone called John in the room? And oh, people go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a John. But it's the same with these disorders. A lot of the time, the, the TikTokers and Instagrammers will say things like, um, you know, are you sleeping less? Or are you sleeping more? Well, most of us are probably sleeping less or sleeping more on certain times. Are you a little bit more stressed, a little bit less stressed? And the same thing again, depending on your life situation, if you're moving house, if you've had a break, if you're moving job or left the job mm. or you know, under pressure with kids, you're going to feel more or less anxious. So these are sort of uh, what we call Barnum statements. Uh, They're from P.T. Barnum, who said there's something for everybody. Uh, And basically, they're just broad statements. And then people, of course, 
especially people who are vulnerable, are more suggestible uh, to these suggestions. And that's what we find. You know, 10%, we focus in my clinic, in the Z4 clinic, on, on hypnotherapy. And within that, that audience, 10 to 15% of any population are highly suggestible. So if you're looking at these people who are spending their lives scrolling, they're getting their information from people who don't know what they're talking about, again, which is most people on social media, and uh, they're, doing, they're, all, they're all putting these posts up to get clicks, not actually to give you correct information. Um, st- stay with me, Jason, on on the line. I, I want to talk to a couple of other people about this as well. Keith is also with us, Keith Russell, because Keith, you've been here with me on the show previously um, and, and you've talked about and shared your own experience, not just through social media now and even here on, on, on radio and in, in newspapers as well. Um, do you think, like, is social media, can it be misrepresented or misunderstood when it comes to mental health issues? Um, yeah, it can, um, absolutely, Andre, Andre. Like, it's like, and I think I completely agree with what Jason was saying there. I think when people go on social media, they are quite susceptible to disinformation and they're already feeling quite vulnerable and overwhelmed anyway. And it's, they're nearly looking for validation for how they're feeling. And obviously, you know, you can't get a diagnosis in a minute's video on Instagram or whatever it is on TikTok. I mean, it's just not healthy. I mean, I, and we live in this this world now where everything is on-demand content and people are nearly preying on the vulnerable um, users to, to absorb the content that they're giving out. I mean, I remember, like, I mean, when I spoke to you the last time, when I was talking about my own diagnosis of body dysmorphia, and, and it was actually through social media that someone mentioned that term to me but I went and spoke to a mental health professional who can understand it better and who understood me better. I didn't just go on social media because this content is so generalized that it's not going to be unique to you and that this person isn't going to understand you. So you're going on and you're looking at these videos and Jay said, like, they are very just kind of like just clickbait stuff. Like, it's just not going to get you anywhere. And you're probably going to go off feeling even worse than you were beforehand, you know? See, it's it's one thing, Keith, in your case, where you know you you, you might have um, identified or recognised some of the symptoms. You went and got professional help. I suppose where the issue arises is when somebody, the same person, you know, somebody watches that same video you saw, but they just take mm. that as being the diagnosis. Yeah, so yeah, how, exactly. So yeah. how do we how do we re- like can we regulate this, Jason? Social media can't be regulated. That's one of the big questions of our time. That's the biggest problem of our time. And it's not necessarily, as, as, as Keith said, it's correct. He's 100% right. If you see something on social media, and someone with first-world experience, not just necessarily a professional uh, in the field of psychology or psychiatry, but someone who's gone through it, and that's perfectly a, a very good thing. They're saying, I'm going through this, and social media may help to get the message out there, get people to, whether that be domestic violence or mental health, they're saying, look, I got help, and you can get help too. That's absolutely perfect, and it's actually a good use of social media. The problem is when you don't take the next step like Keith took, and you don't bother contacting a professional, but instead start going into Dr. Google and stuff to going into social media people who, bar people who are telling their story like Keith, most of these people are trying to sell you stuff. You know, they often say, you know, I had anxiety, I had this, I had that. 
and I found these three things help. And the first two are just generally crap. You know, they're just like, oh, I went for a walk. And the second thing is something else. But the third thing is, here's a link to this product you can buy on Amazon. Or, yeah, you look oh. down the bottom of it and you see hashtag ads. Exactly. They're exactly. actually been paid so to, yeah. So, you know, my, our theory in mental health has always been, in psychology especially more than psychiatry, is that there's no money in broccoli. And why I say that to people in my clinic every day is there's no money in doing, in doing healthy things, eating a healthy diet, going for a walk, going for you know, talking to friends, getting a good night's sleep. Nobody's selling it to you because there's no money in it. So that's really what you have to look at. You nice. know what I mean? The, the, the cheapest food in the supermarket is, is the healthiest food. The cheapest food or cheapest exercise is going for a walk by yourself. The cheapest drink is water. But no one's selling it to you. So... So we're not getting that message. So that's a really important part of life to understand that most things that you need to help you physically and mentally are free okay. or cheap. Oh, Owen is on the line too, uh, Jason. Um, Owen, you've been listening to to Keith and Jason there for the past few moments. Do you think social media has glorified mental health issues or how much of a problem is this? Um, it, it's interesting to hear Keith say there that uh, it was social media that, you know, I suppose opened his eyes to maybe some of the, the challenges and, and difficulties he was facing. And I'm in the same boat. Um, so I can't, you know, I, I can't say it didn't help me at some point in my life. It, it identified some some very difficult things that I hadn't really, I suppose, opened up to. Uh, um, which then caused me to go and, and seek professional help. And again, that's the key thing that, that both Jason and Keith have said. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, yeah, I, what I would agree with is, is what Jason's saying there around the idea of com- commodification of certain things. Um, you know, we're seeing now this idea of all of these solutions being pushed through social media, through through even just general media um, around, you know, full moon bathing, cold water dips, uh, forest walks, you know, yoga on the beach, that kind of stuff, which are great. It's all great in isolation, but that's not going to... Yeah, but but they're not going to solve my mental illness. They're not going to solve the the deeper problems. They're going to make me have a good mental health day, but they're not going to solve Mm -hmm. the the undercurrent of a mental illness that I'm living with. And that was something that I was explaining to your researcher earlier on. I think what's happened recently is we've diluted the two terms, mental health and mental illness, into the same thing. And they're not. Mental illness is is an underlying condition that people live with. Um, And it can be chronic, it can be very difficult, or it can be calm and and relatively easy. But mental health is something that we all live with. Um, We've good days and we've bad days. um, And I live with mental illness. That doesn't mean I can't have a good mental health day on a particular day. Some days are good, some days aren't good. But I think by, you know, using this generalised term of mental health for mental illness is diluting and dismissing Mm -hmm. what true mental illness is. Um, And that's something we we really, really need to focus on, I think, is, is coming back to you know, when we talk about physical conditions, we don't necessarily talk about physical health issues. We no. talk about physical illness. You know, we use that term well, physical illness and this gives it more credibility. Yeah. The, the common one, I suppose, Owen, that, you, you know, you, you often hear people mention, um, and maybe it's sort of, maybe it's not intended in the way that it's said, but it's often usually a comment around somebody who's maybe just quite neat or they're tidy or they're, they're big into cleaning their house. And you'll hear them often being referred to as being, oh, she's you know, she's very bad OCD or she's OCD or she's wild OCD. And like, it, it absolutely, it's a total misrepresentation of somebody who has an obsessive compulsive disorder. But there's one very element, you know, and, it, and it's totally yeah. misrepresented. 
very, very much so. Like I live with OCD. That is one of the conditions that I live with. And, you know, um, I, this phrase of, oh, they're a little bit OCD, not very much OCD, just a little, you can't be a little bit OCD. You either have mm. OCD or you don't. Um, and certainly the representation of, you know, you like having all your pens lined up in a particular order by colour, you know, that can be either just neat and tidiness yeah. or it can be, it can be OCD, but it needs to be diagnosed. Um, and OCD in its truest, in its truer form, not truest, but truer forms, can be something that is really debilitating um, and life-limiting to a point where, for me, it was at one point. It's quietened down a little bit now, but certainly at so, some points in my life, it has been very life-limiting. And, you know, when you hear OCD and, and other conditions treated in that way, it does, feel, it does undermine you. It, does, it, does it probably annoys you, own, does it, when you see that on Instagram and TikTok? Uh, it does a little bit, but at the same time, you kind of have to let some of this go over your head as well. <laughs> you can't okay. get annoyed about yeah. everything. Yeah, oh, no, fair you enough. Get, if you get annoyed about everything, you're never going to ch- uh, change. Just on, on the text on this, as a listener says, there's hundreds of accounts on Instagram at the moment claiming to be ADHD influencers. Every single claim they make, 90% of average people suffer from. It's an utter insult to people who've been clinically diagnosed with ADHD, like my own son who has an extremely hard time in life or OCD clinically diagnosed for myself, who had very difficult times with my mental health, uh, says this listener. Another texter, people self-diagnosing as autistic or ADHD really undermines the treatments for diagnosed um, people with autism, such as my own son, says another listener. 87 106 is the number. Greg is on the line. Greg, do, do you think it's... um? I suppose it's the whole, you know, area of mental health and and mental illness has now been glorified by by social media. Yeah, well, I am um, basically, Andrea, I totally agree with what Owen said. In fact, some of the words I just wrote down here as triggers for myself when I was talking to you, he came out with them straight up. And and basically, uh, the, the the problem, I mean, social media, I think, uh, spreads the problem because it's everywhere. But the problem exists anyway in that what, what we have are words like depression and anxiety. Depression is, you know, I'm depressed. You know, people can be depressed because they have a bad mood type of thing, but it's all part of normal life. Or if you're anxious, you're worried about something. But these are clinical uh, conditions, uh, as Owen pointed out, that there's there's adjectives or, or character traits you might have, but the real conditions, the clinical conditions, they're debilitating illnesses. Uh, and I've come across this sort of... Um, through my own daughter who and my mother, both of them have a, a, a BPD, which is borderline personality disorder, which is, of nice. course, a, a real misnomer in terms of the, whoever put that title on it. Uh, but but I mean, if, if, if they treat uh, relationships with other people like yo-yos. If they get too close, they push them away. If they're too far away, they bring them in. And it completely... Uh, influences their behavior in life and how they go about doing everyday things. And if you have clinically depressed people, uh, clinically uh, ang- people with anxiety, OCD has been mentioned, ADHD on the spectrum, all these things, if you have those things clinically, there's no doubt in your mind or anybody around you that your life is changed. It's not just something that happy, sad, anxious, worried. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's yeah. where I've met. Uh, and, and, the experience and, um, of I it might, too. 
Exactly. Mm. And the thing is with my own, my, I, I don't, uh, you know, use social media hugely, but, but my daughter and I remember her friends, it was like a badge of honour to have one of these so-called conditions, which, which was just, you know, a mood type thing. It wasn't clinical or anything and like that's, that. And so that's, that's really a lack of understanding, Jason, from a clinical perspective about what the condition actually is. Yeah, if you if you go and see a, a clinical psychologist, we we use a book uh, in psychology in general and mental health called the DSM, which is a handbook um, of psychological issues of, of mental health issues, mental diseases, if you want to call it that, as, you're, as someone else said. But it's actually you've got to go through so many different uh, questions, and there's so many different tests, and there's different things that that people will do who are in that field. Um, and you have to have a number of, of these um, issues for a, a duration of time. And there's a whole, you know, there's a whole complex thing to giving someone a diagnosis. Um, so, as I said, and as everyone has said, sort of looking at some guy on Instagram or some guy on Instagram and then thinking, giving yourself a label. You know, as, this, as everyone has said, it, it, this isn't uh, something to play with. This isn't uh, a fitness influencer trying to sell you a gym membership. This is, you know, really important and it shouldn't be allowed for people without qualifications of any type to start giving advice out and, and young people, especially my mm. own kids are on social media, thinking that they have these things because they've seen someone on social media talking about it. And nearly, as, as the last person said, nearly all these things are wrong. To be diagnosed correctly with depression or chronic anxiety or body dysmorphia, there's a whole range of, of, yeah, of, of, of symptoms, I suppose, associated with it. Literally, the book looks like, it looks like a Bible. It's a huge, big, thick book. And within, like, even if you look within the anxiety disorders, there's around 50 different types of anxiety disorders, mm. which to be diagnosed. Well, people people who work in the area of, of, of clinical psychiatry spend a long time in college um, and, and in later life studying to yeah. work in, in that area, in that speciality, um, an area of expertise. If I John on the line for a moment there, Jason, as well. John, can you hear me? Yeah, you, you, oh, you, yes, you, how hear. are you? John, you've been listening to our, our chat here today. Um, you wanted to make a, a quick point on it. Yeah, um, my, my daughter did go to a clinical psychologist and was professionally diagnosed with ADHD, but she had previously spent you know, quite a lot of time, maybe even years, uh, looking at YouTube videos, TikTok, all that sort of stuff. So she knew exactly what the, uh, you know, what the trends were for it. So when she, I'm wondering when she went to the diagnosis, did she know the answer she wanted? And she'd sort of coached herself to get the answer that she wanted because I'm a little bit concerned because now that she's self-diagnosed and then and to be fair to her, she professionally followed up with it and it confirmed it. She's now labelled herself as this and it's used as kind of an excuse for a lot of, uh, you know, life's failings. Like we all have difficulties in our lives. And now she's put a label on all her problems is now ADHD explains everything. And I kind of feel to some extent she's going to be kind of living with this for quite some time. And I'm a bit concerned. I think she's going to affect her life in a negative way going forward with this. I'm just wondering, can you sort of not so much fool a professional clinical psychologist, but sort of lead them down the garden path slightly? God, that's very, very worrying, John. For you, you know, I, I can I can imagine you. You know, you're you're absolutely very worried about that, Jason. Surely it it couldn't be that simple. 
there is, uh, like, as I said, I always state I'm not a clinical psychologist. I'm just a psychologist. My level is the master's level. To, to be a clinical psychologist, you need to go to doctor level. And it tends to be most people within the HSC or private practice. But, and then within the field of psychology, we have a whole variety of different categories. So you'll have people yeah. in the HSC who just do, uh, who are maybe psychiatrists, clinical psychologists, who will just diagnose those types of issues. But a lot of the time, the questionnaires that people will give um, are weighted to try and avoid giving the right answer. You know, like they're, they're sort of designed that you can't just play into the right answer. But as you said, you know, there is ways around that. And also, you know, again, not going into any individual case, there is a thing that people suffer from, which is called learned helplessness, which basically means that they can get out of any situation by saying, well, look, you know, of course I'm like this. It's because I have this illness. Or of course I'm like this because I have this. And they've learned psychologically that they can get sympathy, they can get out of things, they can get, you know, by actually using these labels, which they aren't, in a lot of cases, correctly diagnosed right. with or haven't professionally diagnosed it's with. And now they're using this yeah. as a, as a get out of jail. It's, 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 it's a very, very interesting um, conversation today. Just one or two messages I just want to mention here. James says, my non-clinical advice to contribute to better mental health is just to quit social media altogether. Jer says, I think we're very close to the stage now that if you're not in therapy, there's nearly something wrong with you. If you're not. Another listener, and this is just one that really caught my eye today. Um, on the mental health and social media issue, I have a 15-year-old daughter. Social media has been a disaster for this age group with regards to self-harm, talking about medications. Teens have normalised this entire behaviour in talking about overdose medication. They regularly use terms like KMS. I didn't know what this even meant um, the listener's gone on to tell me, and, and just to, I'm conscious of little ears out there, but KMS apparently means kill myself. This is normal language for teenagers, normal day-to-day language, and it's not been spoken about, and it's not been dealt with by schools, says this texter, and it's impressionable teenagers assume they've mental health issues as they come across it every day on Instagram and TikTok. They want to fit in with their peers. It's seen as cool to have a mental health issue. And it's so difficult for parents to navigate this topic. Glad to hear people talking about this today too, says another texter. Like as Jason, who says he's not a clinical psychologist, is a psychologist, is saying today it's a clinical meeting, appointment, diagnosis that people need and, and really they shouldn't be getting it anywhere anywhere else at all. And, and that's who, if you have concerns or issues or you want to chat to somebody about, that's the kind of appointment you need to be making not looking at people on Instagram and on Twitter or X and TikTok or Facebook as well. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.